to the Throat and Rotation podcast. Yesterday, we saw one of the busiest trade deadlines in NFL history as some blockbuster deals got over the line that could really change the course of the season. Over the past few weeks, some big trades have already happened with the likes of Christian McCaffrey joining the 49ers, the Bears trading Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith, and the Chiefs picking up Kadarius Toney from the Giants. But today, we're going to focus on the winners and losers of the 2022 NFL trade deadline and what some of the deals, or lack of deals could mean to some of the franchises for the remainder of the season. So, Harry, take us away with some of your winners from this trade deadline. Yeah, so potentially nobody would have been expecting a winner to come from the Chicago Bears franchise after they traded away two massive defensive pieces. But I've gone with their offensive coordinator, Luke Getze, as my winner. And that's mainly due, well, absolutely down to the trade of Chase Claypool from the Steelers for a second rounder. Chase obviously a strong big big bodied boundary receiver, strong big bodied boundary receiver uh, that that the Bears were sorely lacking. It it completely changes the way that I see that receiving core. Um, Darnell Mooney's uh, never a number one, but he could be such a an, an effective number two from that slot with his speed whatsoever. He did have a thousand yard season last year, of course, um, and Claypool. In his third NFL season now, 873 yards in his rookie year, nine touchdowns as well, followed up by another 800-yard season. Um, And you've got to consider that's with the absolute wet noodle that was Ben Roethlisberger's arm uh, for those couple of years. Um, So having, you know, a six-foot-four really strong guy on the outside is going to be so beneficial to that offense. Uh, It's a massive... Massive win for Justin Fields too, obviously. But I think it's just it's going to open up that playbook nicely for Luke Getze. Uh, the plays they can run now is completely different. Uh, and Justin Fields has got someone he can maybe chuck it up to now. It's, he just didn't have that before. And I, I think it's completely changes the way that, that you look at that wide receiver room. And with the promise that that offense has shown in the last couple of weeks, I think uh, it's a lot better time to be Luke Getze right now. No, yeah, definitely, I agree. Um, I saw that trade for Claypool, and it makes sense. And I think, if anything, it's almost like a win for Justin Fields. Absolutely. Um, I think he's a more of a bigger winner because, to me, what they've now done is have sort of confirmed that they're all in on Justin Fields. Yeah. Um, and you know they've decided right, we're we're not ready now. We're going to trade away some of our defensive stars and just build around Justin Fields, and that's exactly what they're doing. You know, he's been crying out for a weapon of some sorts uh, for all season and you know they're now set clearly on Justin Fields I think it shows how important those those last two performances from the Bears offense have been yeah they didn't win on Sunday they still put up 29 points and they looked a lot better than they did for the first six weeks of the season it looked awful and I think if and that hats win I think yeah yeah no absolutely they looked really good in that game um but but this this like administration didn't bring in Justin Fields. I think maybe you're looking at Luke Getzey as a possible one year you know sacking candidate if it carries on as it was going. But instead, they they clearly believe in Justin Fields now. They clearly support him, and they've made this move for uh, for him to grow with a a young wide receiver. Chase Claypool obviously is still young and um and impressive, so he's got he's got time to grow and build the chemistry with this one. And and obviously they do believe in this offense at least a little bit. No, definitely. I think that's a great move. Uh, for, for You see where the Chicago Bears are going. Um, that offense is clearly the winner here. They're ready now to build, as we said. And, um, you know, next year, I think, you know, we could be seeing the Bears uh, really do well. And also, uh, the Packers were considered to be after Chase Claypool. 
and they were prepared to outbid anyone. But the Bears pipped them to it, so that's another big win uh, for the NFC North division for, for within that division themselves. Um, so they've really got one over one of their rivals too. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's pretty massive, and obviously we'll get onto the Packers later. But it seemed like they were they're pretty desperate for for obvious reasons, and then to get one over your rivals like that is massive for for the whole Bears franchise. So I think. Uh, after the positivity of the last few weeks, maybe where you've seen better things, you could have given away Rokon Smith and whatever, and and had a really like tanking negative feeling about the about the team and about the franchise. But instead, you've added some real talent there, and and you've got you've got Justin Fields looking like he he could be a, a very good quarterback in the future. Uh, the only thing I will I think consider um, Robert Quinn. Obviously, I understand he's thirty two. They've traded him. Roquan Smith, only 25, obviously so impactful uh, on the edge and get on the pass rush. I, I don't know, Is that would you be trying to be keep hold of a player lo- like that at, at a young age? I'd understand a bit more if he was a bit closer to 30. Um, I don't know. Uh, to me, it, it just seemed a little bit odd that they'd be using him. I guess it's because he, he is probably the only calibre of a player, but I don't know. I, I, I would have thought they might have tried to hold on to him a bit more. Yeah, and I, I think if... Just given this choice straight up, they definitely would be keeping him. But they they tried their contract negotiations before this season. Uh, didn't go so well. Didn't seem like they were very close together at all. Uh, so I think with the state of the franchise at the minute, it didn't look like they were going to get a, a contract deal done even at the end of the year. So you might as well take what you can get from them now. Use these picks to um to to help the rebuild and and help Justin Fields around him. But uh, I think yeah, absolutely if. If they had the choice just straight out, they they would have rather kept him because he is young and he's a very good defensive piece. Yeah, I think I probably didn't. Yeah, didn't really think about the contract situation. So that yeah, that definitely does make sense for sure. Um, we'll move on now to the Miami Dolphins. Let's go. Obviously, a huge trade, one of the biggest trades on the deadline. Um, in the headlines, the Dolphins seem to be in the headlines all season. We had the controversy with Tua, and again uh, with that late business, and they, they, you know, they're clearly looking to try and p- propel their side towards a Super Bowl ca- winning caliber team for this year. Uh, they traded for Broncos outside linebacker Bradley Chubb. I'm sure you will all know that that happened, but they gave up a first from the 49ers for him, uh, a fourth, and also Chase Edmonds, um, and they'll obviously be picking up Chubb and a fifth round pick. Uh, quite a lot to give up, but Chubb is still only 26, and he's certainly going to give that Miami a boost on the pass rush. Um, he's already had a good year, uh, five and a half sacks, a couple of forced fumbles, eight QB hits, as well as a pass, one pass defense. So uh, pairing him up with um, 2021 first-round pick Jalen Phillips on, on the pass rush, uh, I think that's going to be huge. Uh, both players have done well um, on that line to, so for their respective teams. Now pairing them together... Um, really give Miami that boost on the defence that they need. Yeah, I think it, it firstly is a great endorsement for Mike McDaniels from the front office and the, the team that he's built so far. Obviously, it's a show of confidence for them in a, a division where they're still looking like, I mean, everyone's a fair bit behind Buffalo Bills, but they obviously still believe they can go all the way uh, this year and, and build up a, a super squad over the next couple of years, if you like. Um and obviously, it does feel a need for for Miami. That defense not been great this year. Only fifteen sacks on the season, which is in the bottom ten in the league. 
and they've only actually held an opponent to less than 340 yards twice this year so they needed some defensive help and they've really uh, they've they've swung for the for the bleachers with with this one and obviously Chubb was probably the most prized asset of of this trade deadline period yeah yeah for sure and uh, it's clear clear upgrade like you look at the other trades of, of what happened you know he this is the main one and just going back to what you were saying about that defense, um, you know, it really has not been great this year. They're ranked twenty third for lowest yards per game. Uh, only nine more teams are giving up more yards per game than them this season, uh, and their D is ranked sixth for rush yards um, per game. So the issue is actually the pass D. Uh, the pass rush help will obviously be great, a massive help. You know, not necessarily that rush. They've not been a not given up too many yards on the ground. But obviously that has been the main one. Obviously issues perhaps at secondary as well. But by getting the pressure on the quarterback um, with with uh, Chubb now coming in, um, I think that's going to be huge. And I'm sort of getting some similar vibes to that. Of you know when the Rams traded for Von Miller, I think yeah. I think maybe the Rams were in a bit of a better position, obviously than the the, the Dolphins are now. Um, but obviously we've got to take into account a lot of their defeat. Uh, I think all of their defeats came when Tua was out or. Yeah. Um, so, you know, two are back in, they've won. I think now they're confident that two is there. They're, they're going to be favourites uh, most games. Uh, and, you know, I think, yeah, similar sort of vibe to Von Miller coming in. They, they want to help, yeah, you know, get that sort of extra quality on, 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 on the defence. And it's also going to be huge uh, in, the, you know, like key division games against Josh Allen and the Bills. Yeah, needed. You know, they want to make sure they get that pressure on a, a quarterback of as good as him. So, um, no, I, I think... Um, Great bit of business by Miami. I do really like, I agree with everything you're saying. I do like the business from Miami and I like being aggressive. You see, you've got a window now. You obviously like your quarterback. You go for the for the big defensive piece to push you over. But I think it's far from a slam dunk of a trade. Um, Bradley Chubb's only played one full season, which was his rookie years. had plenty of issues with injuries. and he, he, like, He's only this year even. He's having a, a better year, but 13th in sacks. Only seventeenth in pressures in the league. Like he misses tackles. If you look at a missed tackle stats, he misses quite a few tackles. Um, he's had two seasons with a PFF grade of below sixty. So I, I don't think it's a absolutely necessarily a home run trade. I think there's still question marks, and obviously you give up a lot for it. You give up the four, uh, the first, the fourth, and Chase Edmonds as well. I do like it, but I think I think there's definitely a case to be made that the Broncos. Uh, the Broncos won the trade because from their point of view as well, um, the reports they weren't going to franchise him and, and they they were too far apart for a long-term deal to get done. So to be able to pick up a first um, and plus extras for him, uh, for a, yeah, he is one of the league's best pass rushers, but I don't know if I'm putting him in that elite sort of air right yet. And he's still only 26, he's got time to develop and you want to see him have a have another full season or whatever. But I'm, I'm just, I could see maybe in a couple of years we're like, oh, the Broncos have clearly won this trade. Yeah, no, I think that's a fair point. Um, I can definitely see that happening as well. Um, as you say, not a, a huge slam dunk, but I'm going to stick my neck out on the line and say, it's gonna. They're gonna win the trade. Um, mm. And you know, th- this follows on. I think the Dolphins have been have had some great business over the last few years. Um, and we'll, we'll go through. Uh, this was a tweet from Albert Breer, oh. um, senior NFL reporter for a number of well-established um, organizations. Um, so the Dolphins got three first rounders back in the deal. The 49ers did with them to go up for Trey Lance. 
uh, and Miami have traded all three of them. So the the 21 pick was packaged to trade up for Jalen Waddell. 2022 pick sent to the Chiefs for the Tyreek Hill, and now the 23, 20, 2023 pick has been sent to the Broncos for Bradley Chubb. Uh, so you look at that uh, and how that sort of business and a franchise and, and building a, a quality team, uh, I think they've smashed it, to be honest. Uh, yeah, absolutely. From the front office perspective, uh, and you've got to be like, the way things are looking at the minute, it looks like Mike McDaniel is the right person for them. It looks like Tua is the right quarterback for them. And obviously those two, the, the trades for Waddle and Tyreek have, have hit the ground running, to say the least. So it's great front office. kind of feels a bit like Madden when they're just trading away yeah. first for this, but it absolutely is working. I love the aggressive nature of it. Uh, they've had to deal with mediocrity at best for quite a long time, and it... I think it'd be easy for them to to not be aggressive right now when you've got the Buffalo Bills in your division, um, and even the the Pats and the Jets aren't particularly awful. It's a it's a good AFC at the minute, so I think it'd be easy to not be as aggressive as you can. But they believe in what they've got. I believe in what they've got, and so I, I applaud them for it. Yeah, absolutely. And as you just said, obviously, you know the the Pats and and the Jets have, are not nobodies. You know they're they're doing well this year, so I think they. They really want to sort of separate themselves from from the rest of the division, uh, especially after they took the hit from from Tua being out uh, and not having uh, you, you know suffering a few defeats because of that. Um, so you know I, I think that you know they're clearly ready to push on. Um, so obviously now that Tua has sort of cleared pr- protocols and he he seems to be fine. Um, also, just want to say another deadline move for the Dolphins. Jeff Wilson joined yeah. from the Forty ers for a fifth. And that will help offset the loss of Chase Edmonds. He'll join Raheem Mostert as the backup in the running back room. Uh, and obviously, the head coach Mike McDaniel was uh, 49ers run game coordinator. Uh, and he became their offensive coordinator in 2021. So he's already worked with Wilson uh, using, obviously, Mostert was at uh, the 49ers as well yeah. recently. So he's got two backs that he trusts. Um, I think that offense is set up well. And that Wilson trade is sort of helped everything and made sure they're not going to regress on offense as well after giving up Edmonds. Uh, yeah, definitely. I think um, I think that's a really astute pickup. They didn't necessarily need to do it. Obviously, they've got most of it there, like you say. They've got Miles Gaskin, but you can't really rely on either to uh, stay healthy for the whole 68, 17 games of the season or be that explosive for 17 games a season. So I think, again, this is a not particularly necessary move, but... They like their team right now. Why the hell would you not pay a fifth for Jeff Wilson? He's averaging over five yards a carry this year. Yeah, why not? You've worked with him before. It makes sense. It's just more good front office business for me. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, hot on the Dolphins, and I can't wait for their divisional matchup against the Bills. Obviously, the Dolphins actually already got one over the Bills in the first game. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who comes out on top in the second. And talking of the Bills... We're going to go through another winner from the trade deadline. And I think Josh Allen, the Bills quarterback, not the Jaguars pass rusher, but the Josh Allen at the Bills, he's a winner because the Bills added pass catching back Naheem Hines from the Colts with just a few minutes to go before the deadline. They managed to get that deal in right at the death. Gave up a 23, 2023 conditional sixth pick. So it's hardly really given up much to add a different dimension. Nothing. To their running back room. Uh, Singletary has been solid and we all know the impact of Josh Allen as a rusher but I think adding in that extra dynamic uh, pass catching back um, which they didn't really have before that did they? Um, you know, they wanted, Zach... That's who they wanted Cook to be but yeah. he's had fumbles this year and he's not adjusted so well so uh, yeah 
it makes a lot of sense. I think I think it's a great pickup, and you know, you look at the Bills and they're sort of I think that they're, they're they're already ranked first in the NFL for total yards gained. So so you know, adding this, it's just going to tip them on the edge even more. Really, yeah. yeah, it's just adding even more to to a very good offense. Um, uh, they're just going to add a different aspect to that that that, that offense. You know. Uh, I think you could probably can get a bit, you know, Singletary isn't uh, the best back. He's done a good job. And obviously Josh Allen picks up a, a lot of yards. But I think that has been where the Bills have fell short in years. They haven't um, sort of got that extra man in the run game or just to make some sort of shorter screen passes. Yeah, yeah, things like that. I think they've sort of missed that. But adding in somebody like Hines, I think that could really be massive for them. And Hines this year has the 11th most receiving yards by a running back, which I think... Uh, it's impressive when you look at that Colts offense and what it's been this year, and obviously what they do with their running backs. Anyway, so it's yeah, it's a bit annoying because it's just the rich getting richer, but like they have to give up a conditional late round pick for it. Why would they not do it? Could turn out to be an absolute steal, and in fact, I think it, it probably will. And worst case scenario is he does nothing for you. James Cook is actually the better player, and you've lost a bloody conditional six. Oh yeah, so you might yeah. There you go. Uh, it, it makes sense, and, and credit to Hines as well. Um, he's caught 300 passes since coming into the NFL in 2018, uh, and he's the fifth among running backs for receiving yards since he entered the league with 1,725. Mm. So, so, you know, that's just how good he can be. In 2020, um, it saw him pick up 862 scrimmage yards uh, for seven touchdowns, obviously working in with Jonathan Taylor. So, I mean, credit where Hines is, um, and especially Josh Allen. He's the winner here. You know, it's going to give him another option to pass game, you know, which which primarily runs through digs. You look outside of the rest of the receivers, and I know Reese says a lot about Gabe Davis, but you know they don't make many receptions. They're sort of big plays. Yeah. It's, you, he's someone who's going to be able to. He can trust in the passing yeah, game. I could yeah, see yeah. him getting a lot of sort of um, a, a lot of um, receptions, a lot of targets, uh, and it's just, it's just going mi- to mix things up. You know, it could also help take a bit of pressure off Josh Allen for the run game as well if he can just pick up a few extra yards. It's just adding more quality to, as you said, the rich get richer. Yeah, I mean, there's absolutely no reason for them not to have done this. So you say the winner of the trade is Josh Allen, but I think you've got to, probably got to say it's Nyme Hines. He's come from that Colts with Sam yeah. Ellinger and, and now he's going to the Bills who look Super Bowl bound. So I'm sure he's very happy with that trade. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously... Naeem Hines, as long as he gets the workload and, you know, it could push on James Cook to sort of pull his finger out and be like, right, I'm clearly the organisation don't trust in me enough. I need to do something more, but we'll see. Obviously, the Bills were always looking for another back. They were linked with JD McKissick and also Kareem Hunt, but they've ended up going for Naeem Hines. But Harry, you wanted to talk about Kareem Hunt, so let's move on to him, perhaps a loser of this trade deadline. Yeah, beautiful segue there, Ashley. And yeah, Kareem Hunt is my first loser. And I think I'll be a fairly obvious one for people. He, um, he's he been talking uh, uh, for quite a while about his um, desire possibly to move on. Obviously, it's been well documented how uh, his, his use has gone down for the Browns this year. Hell of a lot. He's obviously sitting back up at the minute just to, to Nick Chubb. But he... he, he like you can absolutely, you can absolutely understand his frustrations with this, cause uh, he came into the league as a rookie, led the league in rushing yards with thirteen hundred. I think he had another like four hundred reception yards as well. And then since then, it just seems to be getting worse and worse. And we we do actually after the game on Sunday, 
uh, Monday night it was, when the uh, reporters spoke to him uh, about the potential of, of being traded before the deadline. I mean, I'm down for whatever, man. I'm a football player, and it's a business. I'm ready, you know, to do whatever they decide with me. And that's either if we can go somewhere else or here, anything, it don't matter. I love the game of football. If this is your, the last, your last game as a Brown, is it they're going to let you go out? I mean, you know, I'm from the city of Cleveland, so <laughs> I guess it, I'm, I, I'm happy we won. So, yes, that's the right, right way to, you know, go out. If his voice sounded pretty muzzled then, it's because he was literally wearing a Joker's mask. Did you see that? No, I didn't. He was wearing a Joker's mask in the locker's room as they asked to, um, <laughs> to speak to him. Like, he's clearly... Not in the best place right now. Like he, he's not. He's unhappy being a backup there to Nick Chubb, and uh, he definitely would have been one who wanted to go to the Bills or to to go to a team who maybe had a better chance of winning the Super Bowl. But obviously, are also gonna use him more. And there's there's plenty of teams out there, so it's fairly interesting. I think the case is. The Browns just weren't prepared to give him up for for what teams obviously would have offered, and I can I can absolutely understand that from the Browns. They've got the best running back 1-2 in the league, and there's no reason for, for them to get rid. But they've they're not really been using him that much this year. No, no, no. They really have not been using him enough. And uh, if I'm Kareem Hunt, I'm pissed off. You know, obviously, at times he has had perhaps some injury issues, but um, considering sort of what he's done in the, in the league, as you said, Harry, that first season when he was with the Chiefs, um, having a... a over a thousand yard Russian Russian season, also effective in the pass catching game as well. Um, you know he's clearly a very very high quality back, and I think if it, if it wasn't for Nick Chubb, he'd obviously clearly be the, the number one back. And for most franchises, he could be the number one back. Yeah. Um, and considering how poorly the Browns have been as well, I, I can I absolutely see why Kareem Hunt is is pissed off at the moment. Yeah, and I can't see it getting better when Deshaun Watson comes in as well. You'd think they'd be, um, I mean, they're underusing, underutilizing the rush game as it is, the Browns. But you can't see that uh, getting any better for the running backs when Deshaun Watson comes in. You'd think it'd be more about the pass game then. Um, so for Kareem Hunt, he's just, he's seen his career fade away. He's fading into the background of the NFL. Obviously, running backs... Um, but the getting old and getting banged up, they've got less opportunities to to make to make money to to get that next contract or whatever. So uh, you can understand him being uh, being pretty pretty beat up about it, uh, not being traded, and then um, and then it's going to be tough to turn up to training uh, on Wednesday and then start to go again. I'm sure. On to another loser now. I think Ash, what have you got? Yeah, so we're going to go with the Green Bay Packers. Yes. We've been shitting on them quite a lot, well, I certainly have, uh, over the past few weeks. And, uh, you know, trade deadline coming up, how they're 3-5, and five, um, you know, they're still without a WR1, clear issues there. You think they've got to get somebody in. Surely they're going to sure. get somebody. Uh, but they didn't. Um, you know, probably A-Rod probably slowly watched as the trade deadline passed, probably... <laughs> swearing at the rest of everyone um, he, he's obviously not the biggest fan of Matt LaFleur and he probably was uh, the other guy he's, uh, he also hates I can't, he's got that long name what is it the German one the, oh, the, the GM, GM. Yeah, yeah the GM um, I'm going to absolutely butcher it but it's like Grukenverse or something like that <laughs> Gudekunst yeah well Kudakans. Yeah, that makes no. That makes more sense, and that's definitely what Rogers is saying anyway. But that you know that. 
They're three and five. Ah, it's just not good, is it? And they're not made any moves. Um, they they were going to go for a wide receiver. Nothing materialised, as we mentioned earlier. Um, were considering going for Claypool, but but the Bears pipped them to that, so that makes them even more of a loser. Mm. One of their divisional rivals uh, has pipped them to a good young asset there. And, and you just look at that wide receiver room, and it's been weak. Alan Lazard, Romeo Dobbs, Randall Cobb, Christian Watson, they're really missing Devontae Adams. They've been injured too as well. Like yeah. They've got the top two receivers out at the minute. They Obviously, they've had guys injured, but like, and that makes sense. Like what They should be going for someone. Yeah. And and obviously they didn't. Obviously maybe they thought Claypool was going to be that guy, and then because they didn't get him, they thought, "All oh, right, we'll just leave it." But what? Aaron Rodgers, thirty-eight. How how long how long is it left? Is he going to have in the NFL? There's even talk of him retiring at the end of this year. Yeah. I I don't know. It's it's not good in Green Bay, is it? Nah, Rodgers like he must have been desperate for someone to come in. Like he's been chatting so much shit about the other wide receivers and, and the whole team for the last two weeks as well. Like, if you listen to the Pat McAvee show. Um, so, yeah, like you say, he would have been sat there on his sofa, tears streaming down his face. As, <laughs> of course he was. As you see Claypool go to the Bears. But, um, well, not only that, but he sees their um, division rivals of Vikings pick up Hawkinson. Yeah, I literally was going to say that. Which would have been a very nice addition to their to their receiving room. Um and, uh, you know, maybe they're looking for OBJ. We'll wait to see what happens. That yeah. feels like that's going to be a lottery. Um, but they, uh, you, the Chiefs picked up Kadarius Tony obviously, before the deadline for a, a sick for a conditional pick or whatever. Yeah. Like Two and a three, I think. Yeah, why not add? I think one of them is conditional. Um, why not add him to the team? He's got a bit of explosion, like a bit of something-something there. Like, if you're not going to do anything... You can't be complaining like this. You got to you got to see improvements from the rookies now, or, or it could just get worse and worse. It's not it's, it's not really making too much sense. Obviously, I know they invested, uh, you know, a couple of draft picks in in receivers uh, in in the last draft a bit later on, but they're just crying out for somebody of better quality. Uh, unless they're just they're thinking this season is a bit more of a write off and they're going to focus on next year, oh, but you can't do that. You can't with, not with Rogers, yeah. no, not if he the way he's heading. You know, he's clearly obviously he's still good, like an elite quarterback, but he's probably not as good as he as he could be. And you wait another season, he's going to drop off again. There's still going to be some sort of decline. I know he was MVP last year, but the last NFC wild card spot is held by a four and four team as well, so they're literally one game out from the playoffs. Uh, well, yeah, we said how Basically. bad the NFC has been. Um, you know, still in it, teams with, as you said, yeah, slightly under five hundred or around five hundred, around there. They're still in the hunt. Absolutely, that they should be going for it. And with how good that defense is, uh, I, th- I yeah, I cannot work it out what what that organization is doing. Uh, and I think they're massive, massive losers for, from this uh, trade deadline. Uh, I'm just going to give you my next loser straight off the bat because the reasoning is. Uh, pretty similar to be fair, and that's my team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, in a similar, in a si- very similar situation actually to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, high expectations going into the season, MVP like uh, Hall of Fame worthy quarterback uh, entering the final year or years of their career, but it's been completely, completely flat and just awful uh, by by any standards. Um, I wouldn't expect the Bucks to be going in for a wide receiver like. Uh, the wide receiver room is perfectly fine, although it's not played like it. Obviously, we've got Evans, Godwin, Gay, Julio Jones back to um, back to fitness now. So I wasn't expecting a wide receiver, but I, I was really hoping for something. 
And and I think kind of similar to the to the Packers, you kind of just want maybe an extra body in the door or, or something to give you a bit of lift the spirit. Yeah, lift the spirits, a bit of momentum, to, something positive to to think about rather yeah. than just the, the doldrums that it is at the minute. Not to mention we just lost Shaq Barrett for the season. Our yeah, far by far and away our best pass rusher. I would have. Uh, it's hard to to pick up a pass rusher, but I would have loved for us to. Uh, to pick up someone like you, there was like thirteen players traded on on deadline day, the most in thirty years, and there was players going for like conditional sick for whatever players that I'm not really familiar with, and there there was nothing like that when we we clearly need it. We've got injuries, our offensive line issues have been well documented, and maybe Ryan Jensen will come back this season. We don't know, but even Gedeke's been out injured recently, and with Shaq Barrett going out for the rest of the year, that that pass rush is now looking really trying. So uh, I wanted something to lift my spirits and just to give that team a bit of juice and maybe to fill one of the many holes that we've got. Now I was going to say about the O-line, were, were you hoping for a trade specifically on the O-line, or were you thinking another area? I know you mentioned a few there, but... What was the area that you most wanted to trade in? Uh, well, I probably was expecting a, a pass rusher uh, um, just because the offensive line issues we've known about a lot and they've, they've planned for it. And, and the offensive line's not been great, but it's it's not been as bad as you perhaps would have thought, yeah, in the run game. But pass protection's been okay. But just losing Shaq Barrett like that for the season, that's so unexpected. Like it, it leaves you with a massive hole and you're kind of searching for answers and whatever. So I thought they might have picked someone up in the pass rush, you know, I would have loved to see him go big for someone like Chubb, uh, even though I, I had my doubts about it earlier. Maybe that wouldn't have made too much sense. But again, this is probably Tom Brady's final year for the Buccaneers. He's not got uh, many years left in him, even if he does stay with the Bucks. similarly to Aaron Rodgers. Like, uh, who knows what we're going to do at quarterback in the future next year or, or whatever, and what's going to happen to this team. Um, so I think it would have been, like the Mike McDaniel situation, it would have been a show of confidence to Todd Bowles and to this team, like, yeah, this is still our Super Bowl window. We can still win uh, a Super Bowl. We can still get to the playoffs. Here's a bit of uh, here's a bit of extra help to to help us struggle inside. So I uh, I'm really disappointed that that nothing happened. And uh, obviously you don't know what was going on behind the scenes or whatever. Maybe they were trying, but, but I'm disappointed. <clears throat> yeah, no, I I agree with you there. Um, it's not good, is it? Uh, with with the Bucks, disappointing as you just said could be Tom Brady's last year. He's not going to want to go out like this. Um, sure, they must have confidence in what they've got. Um, otherwise, you know, they would be going all out. You know, a lot of those guys, sort of, not just Tom Brady, but, you know, as you said, like Shaq Barrett, he, he's, he's getting older as well. I think... He is, isn't he? Um, I think, you know, to me, you've got to be going for it, haven't you? You've got to be... It's the same sort of with the Packers... As you just alluded to, it's got. There should have been some sort of Saturn, 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 Saturn. Well, that's what I'm thinking because you don't, you don't know. You you can reason it as oh they're happy with what they got, but I mean they shouldn't be happy, and it makes me kind of think that it's the other way really. Like they're not giving up on this year, but they're thinking it's not worth giving up future picks or or other resources to help this year when when it's looking the way that it's doing when it's looking the way that it does look and that's kind of the way that that, that my mind's gone to it sort of thing that they that even though we're a game back from the Falcons and a game back from the wild card they, they didn't believe in this team they didn't believe in Tom's ability enough to 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 make that next signing and and that's when you are reading too much into it you don't know how much they were trying or whatever but I, f- I feel like there's something lacking and 
And maybe that belief's not there. You're going to start tanking uh, at the end of the year. We've um, tanking with Tom Brady. Tom Brady's Bra- nah, going to be gone at the end of the year. Carl Trask is coming in. Uh, all your other guys are going to be sold. Good, we're going to be traded. Um, no, it's gonna. I'm talking about it over the summer, mate. Where when we get back, the end of this, end of this season, no more Tom Brady. Carl Trask is coming in. The Bucks will be nothing. You'll be crying out for Jameis Winston back. <laughs> oh, the day I'm crying out for Jameis Winston is not going to be a fun day. And yeah, that's what I can't think about beyond this season. I mean, this season is painful enough to think about, but I can't think beyond it because I. I don't know, like what we're gonna do in terms. We're not gonna have a high enough pick for get one of these good quarterbacks. I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm banking on Lamar Jackson, in the free what? agency, baby. <laughs> Ravens oh, wow, well. Lamar Jackson's coming yeah. to the box. I, I've seen it linked once, like wow. probably absolutely full of, like there's no evidence behind it. I mean, probably will get signed by the, um, by Baltimore, obviously. But that that would be my dream, of course. You love Lamar. You love Lamar, yeah. don't you? Uh, we'll move on to the. Uh, Last loser, I believe, and that will be the Los Angeles Rams. The Super Bowl champs, they're having a shocking season, really. Uh, they're 3-4 and four after Sunday's loss to the 49ers, and Kyle Shanahan really rubbed it in Sean McVay's face that the Niners oh God, yeah. were able to edge out the Rams for Christian McCaffrey as well. Obviously, um, the Rams were after McCaffrey to add into their running back room, which is very, very poor. And Kyle Shanahan, he really took the piss he using did. CMC the, the way he did. He had an incredible day passing, catching, and receiving touchdowns. Great. He was just all over the offense uh, and uh, showing what, what's come into that 49ers offense for McCaffrey. You know, somebody with the ability of Kyle Shanahan to get the best out of an elite player like that is unbelievable, really. Uh, and the Rams, obviously divisional rivals, got beaten by it. Um, He's really just taking the piss out of him, hasn't he? Pitts and McCaffrey, and those two coaches are apparently very close. They've worked together before, and apparently they're good friends. I absolutely am of the belief that Shanahan only called that McCaffrey (laughs) McCaffrey throw. And what a beautiful throw it was, by the way. It was quite long, wasn't it? It was like 30-odd yards. It went at least that far up as well. Um, but yeah, he only did that to fucking piss his mate McVeigh <laughs> off after after McVeigh would have been because McVeigh probably was more desperate to to bring McCaffrey in considering their team situation. Um, but no, nah, I absolutely I love that from Shanahan. Um, and I will. Do, there's no excuses now for this Niners offense. Like yeah, Jimmy G you can say what he's like, but he's good enough with these weapons around him that there can be no excuse for this Niners offense to to really kick on now. They've got Kittle. Debo Samuel, Chrissy McCaffrey, and then you got Ayuk and other pieces there as well. It, that's ridic- That's an embarrassment of riches, and they need to. They need to show that. They need instead of Kittle showing out one week and then McCaffrey this week. They need a. They need some games where they're all just going off together because that's what we should be seeing. That'd be scary. Yeah, no, but it feels like with that offense with Shanahan's genius, as it's called, that we need to be seeing that a bit more because I don't think Jimmy G is that much of a limiting factor. No, no, definitely not. You know, Jimmy G, they got to the Super Bowl uh, with Jimmy G as quarterback. Um, you know, I, I don't see it as a limiting factor. I think he, he's he's a very, very solid player. We see how hard it is to play that position. Uh, and the fact that he limits the turnovers yeah. and sort of does what he needs to do, um, allows the run game to, 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 to get to its potential just by sort of open it up by completing those sort of shorter throws. Uh, you know, I think he fits that system well, uh, and I do. I would not be using that, considering that as an excuse whatsoever. Um, 
But we are moving on a tangent at the 49ers there. Let's focus back on the Rams. Obviously, another big part of why the Rams are losers is because uh, they were unable to deal Cam Akers before the deadline. Yeah. Um, it seems like the relationship between them and the organisation has really been broken. Um, you know, Akers has, tweet- has recently tweeted, I miss football. And he also replied to somebody else saying, if it was up to me, I would be. And that's in relation to him playing football. Um, so clearly... They've got some issues there. Would have been made sense to trade him, but they didn't. And they're looking really, really light there. They've got Daryl Henderson. And apart from that, uh, you're looking at sort of younger younger guys such as Ronnie Rivers coming in. Um, it's quite weak. Uh, you know, Daryl Henderson, even him, he hasn't been good. He's He hasn't even rushed for over 50 yards so far this term. Uh, Ronnie Rivers led the team in the carries last match, but he only, I think he got about 20-odd yards. Um and again, another big L for the Rams. Uh, they weren't able to pull off the trade for defensive end Brian Burns. Uh, they reportedly offered a minimum of two first-round picks wow. uh, for him. Wow. Panthers shot it down, uh, according to Albert Breer, for the NFL report we mentioned earlier as well. Was that, um, did they try it on deadline day as well? I'm not too sure. It was sort of around sort of the last sort of week or so that they have gone for him. But there's even been reports that it was they even offered more than the first, two first round wow. picks. Um, they even have two first round picks. <laughs> yeah, well, we're looking at about five years in the future. Yeah, yeah, no, maybe not that bad, but about twenty, twenty four, twenty five, around that. I'm yeah. thinking um, that they gave up those picks. Obviously, they've traded so many picks in the past. Uh, to, and that's where they are, um, you know, and they've been missing sort of that threat uh, in the pass rush without Von Miller. So clearly that's why they were going after Burns. But again, another failed trade attempt. Um, it's just L's all round for the Rams and I love it. Yeah, it looks like obviously not a trade deadline thing, but it looks like they will not be getting OBJ now as well, which uh, obviously they, they, hang their, they hang their boots on that. Apparently they still had a locker. Uh, they kept a locker for yeah, him, but yeah. it looks like um, with his recent comments that he won't be returning to the Rams. So, I mean, maybe this is the start of... People have kind of been, been questioning it, querying it, this fuck-them-picks attitude that they've got. Will it come back to bite you in the ass in, in the future or whatever? And people saying it will, but it's just not to this point, and they they keep finding enough talent to, to supplement it and do all right anyway. But this is maybe... If Matt Stafford doesn't, you know, turn things around, and they they don't have, he's not their quarterback of the next four years or, or three four years or whatever. Uh, Aaron Donald nearly retired after last year. Could be could be going out the door as well if they're not a winning team. So I don't know. Maybe this is the start of Alan Robinson didn't work as well. They've not got the first round picks to replenish this talent. So I don't know. Maybe this is the start of the Rams, and this will be music to your ears, Ash. The the Rams falling down the basin a little bit. Yeah, of course, for all the reasons that you've just said, as well as we've got a final final night negative for the Rams. Rams. Their offensive line, of course, has been poor. It's been very poor. They've dealt with injuries and the retirement of Andrew Whitworth, but the Rams didn't add anybody on the uh, on the O-line either. So an awful, awful trade window for the Rams. Couldn't get anything over the line on the deadline. I'd... I don't know what their prospects look like. You you look at the 49ers and how well they're looking now, especially with with, with the talent. You, you look at the Seahawks and how well they're, they're now look like they're prospering. Uh, I think the 49ers and the Seahawks, are they're the two favourites ahead of the Rams and the Cardinals for the NFC um, West. Absolutely. Um, but you, you never know. Like 
Stafford's shown glimpses, I think, the last week or two of, of, of him coming back to, to proper f- form. And they've got the Bucks this weekend. So you think one of them's maybe going to get out of the slump they're in at, at the minute, or maybe they'll still both look poor. But in this NFC, it only takes a couple of, of good weeks, a couple of two or three good performances, and you're, you're right back in the playoff hunt, and you're right, you're right back in, in everyone's good books or whatever. They've got enough talent on that team regardless. But at the minute, it does look like uh, they're on the down, while the other two NFC West teams you mentioned, the Niners and the Seahawks, are well on their way up. Yeah, and I, I think that's a perfect way to sort of summarise it all. Um, especially for the NFC, you know, the NFC as a whole has been underperforming. I don't think it's going to take too many wins to try and get in the playoffs via either a division win or a wildcard win. Why aren't these teams making improvements? Why aren't the Packers doing things? Uh, again, why aren't the Rams done things? Why aren't the Cardinals done things? You know, Cardinals in position, either... We think right. We need to do a lot more to step things up, or we're at the point where we need to sell, and we've stood still and not done anything. I think that's been a common theme for a lot of teams. So, quite, quite, uh, sort of be- bewildered me a little. I think I, I can understand it from the Cardinals' point of view. They've got uh, the young quarterback tied up to a long-term contract, and they've got the stability of having, if you want to call it that, of having Kime and Cliff there on long-term contracts. So I don't think they. They've obviously had missed Hopkins for the first half of the year. Things haven't gone right. So I'm not sure if they... I don't think they see themselves as a selling team because there's no reason to in this NFC. But I, I wouldn't have seen them as a buying team either with the issues that they have had this year. So it's maybe it's about seeing how this year pans out. And they've still got... this With the Rams and the Packers and the Bucks, like at the end of this year or the end of the next year or two, that's when this cycle ends, when Rodgers goes, when Stafford's goes and Donald, and, and when Brady goes as well. So this is their window now. I don't think this is necessarily the Cardinals' window. I think if you do things right, you've got that potentially opening in the next one, two, three years. But for the for those other NFC powerhouses, I, I am a bit shocked that, that we didn't see more completely. I, I, t- I do definitely take your point with the Cardinals there, but I'm, I'm looking at it, I think maybe the main one, JJ Watt. He's 34. Yeah. Even if we're ready year or two um now he's playing still playing uh, at an elite level 34 years old i think something should have been done in that regard as much as i hate to say it because i love jj watt i don't know well, i don't think i think he's played for i think he's played at a pedestrian standard this year even in terms of of jj like even not in terms of jj what i don't think he's been particularly impressive if you add on top of that the injury issues and the age, I, I can't, I can't imagine the Cardinals would have would have received much if anything really at all in return for him. So I, I think that again that make makes sense that there wasn't enough interest there. You can you you could easily still make the playoffs this year, so you might as well you might as well keep him in house. He's a massive leader for your team as well. Isn't he? Absolutely, absolutely. I think we've moved on, gone on a bit of a tangent there. We've given you a sort of a little NFC West sort of recap mm. summer, summary at the end there. Pretty interesting, but I think we can wrap up the episode there. Been great fun talking about the different trades. Obviously, a bit of a crazy deadline, a bit unprecedented for the NFL, but perhaps we're going to start seeing that. We might start seeing mm. a few more little things around that become a bit more of a big thing like it is for the football over here in the UK. Yeah, well, I'm excited. And yeah, it's been great discussing everything.
I'll give out a little teaser. Watch it. We might be changing how we do uh, these formats for the podcast coming up. All I'll say for now is listen out on the on the RSS streams or keep an eye out. Sorry uh, for another episode that should be dropping in a day or two, and um, where we're going to have a big deep dive at how the NFC South and the NFC East have uh, have swapped so drastically over the last few years. So watch out for that. For now, though. That will do us for today. Thank you for listening. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me, Ashley. And goodbye from Reese as well. He'll, he'll be here one day. Ciao.